Certainly we thank and praise God for his goodness and grace for what the Lord is doing and what he is going to do. Certainly, you know, you have to walk with an expectation for the Lord. And so uh, I want to welcome you to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Tuesday Bible study 7 p.m. and Thursdays men focus at 6 p.m. Saturdays you can find us at 11:30 p.m. on kkla.com or 99.5 fm on your radio dial. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, uh, we are faithful why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're bold. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Why? Because we believe the Bible is the word of God. 
The Bible says, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. I want to, again, thank you for joining the online service. And listen, if you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. We're certainly looking forward to moving. Uh, when I'm moving into a, 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 a certain edifice and expanding the ministry. And so uh, we solicit your prayers and your participation in serving the Lord and, you know, just glorifying God and for who he is and what he has done. Uh, on October 6th, October 6th, 7th, and 9th is our leadership conference. And uh, at that time, uh, we will have uh, great teaching and ordinations on the ninth on that Sunday will be the ordination service for those that will renew and receive their license. And so we would love for you to join in with us and participate in that um, in the leadership conference. Uh, tonight we're in the book of Genesis. And we'll be in the book of Genesis for a moment unless God uh, says to change. But right now we're in the book of Genesis. I'm telling you, if you we went through the book of, of Ezekiel, and for me, it was a life-changing experience. It wrecked my world. It, it put me back together again, then it tore me up again, and then it put me back together. You know, as uh, uh, I believe it was John on the Isle of Patmos said that he fell, he fell down. Um, no, it was, well, it, that occurred there too, but uh, Ezekiel found himself humbled and the Lord will stand you right up. So, cause he's not done. He's not done with you. And so we here we are in the book of Genesis and we're just starting out and, you know, I was going to go a different way with, at least I thought I was. And as I began to study and to peel back uh, certain layers and trying to uh, use certain material, uh, I found that it was not the way to go. God was not happy with that. And so we uh, followed his plan. And so that was some weeks ago. So not tonight, that was some weeks ago that, you know, uh, ministers understand what I'm talking about. You you prepare and you may want to go a different way with it. And God says, no, that's not the way to go. And so it's important that you follow the leading of the spirit of the Lord. And so uh, in the book of Genesis, we're touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, uh, moving from general to the particular of things. And there are three areas that is the universal or the universe, earth and man. And we're touching the creation and a particular person who is the, uh, cosm uh, the cosmological, uh, meaning the cause of all things and the, uh, the teleological, the designing mind behind everything, who is God. The Bible is very clear about that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so 
Uh, with that said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for an opportunity to stand and to, Lord God, to minister your word this evening. Thank you for a reasonable portion of health, Lord God, and awareness. Lord Jesus, and just pray and ask that you would bless those that are tuning in, those that will be listening later. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for the growth. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for the understanding and, and, and blessing your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch those that are maybe sick in their bodies, that may be bedridden, but they've tuned in. Lord God, those, Lord Jesus, that may be uh, in areas that they cannot leave because of work or other restrictions, Lord God, I ask that you would bless them, Lord God, as they listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Genesis, beginning at the second chapter, not beginning the second chapter, in the second chapter, there we go, in the second chapter, we're going to start with verse 15. The Bible says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. You know, I, I love listening to uh, Bible Gateway and, and drama, dramatizations of the word of God and the voices that they give the Lord and give the different characters and different things. You know, my, my voice is a little uh, thrash right now, but I, I would love to try to imitate some of that. But uh, the 17th verse says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. If you eat of that tree, you're gonna surely die. And the Lord, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a help me for him. Someone just for him, just for me. Someone just for me. Hmm. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help me for him. Now, I just took a thought, simple thought here, and that is you got this, you, I'm talking to you. You got this. You need to remind yourself that that you got this. Look in the mirror. I've got this. When you're walking down the street, someone might think you're talking to your invisible friend. I've got this. You are. You're talking to yourself. Talk to me, myself, and I. I've got this. Meaning that you have complete sovereignty or control over something. You do. You have complete sovereignty and control over some things, some 
atmospheres, some scenarios. You know, we love coming into, uh, I love getting uh, into, the, into the, the church early where the atmosphere can be ushered in. I, I came straight over here from the office and, um, and had some quiet time and talking with the Lord and, and gave my, my soul and my spirit some rest uh, while here and then uh, began to worship and, and to set an atmosphere that is conducive for the Lord. Because the Bible said he inhabits the praises of his people. And so there's an atmosphere that had already been established that God would accept. It means that you have control over some things. If you take a piece of wood, manipulating it into something, a form it, you know, that's a form of control. Or uh, if you train a, a horse, you know, uh, to be more to harness that power, uh, then, it, then you're in control of that. And, and so uh, you're in control, you got this. If I give you something to hold for me, here, hold this half a yard, uh, you have control of it. And when I come back, maybe if I'm, if you've been a little diligent, maybe you've um, invested in it. And instead of me having half a yard, I have a, a whole yard and you might have some uh, something too. What is something that never sleeps? Here's a question for you. Question for you. So I'm looking for comments and you, please comment into the section, you know, um, so that we can have a response to this. But what's something that never sleeps? It's always working. There's something that never sleeps. It's always working. That's question number one. Number two is, what is something that never stops moving? So while you're thinking about that, or maybe you already have the answer and you're going to uh, comment that in. But you have dominion over yourself first and foremost. You've got this. First and foremost, you have dominion over yourself. And it's important to understand that. You can't control other people. And, you know, I was I was speaking with someone and we were talking about uh, relationships and what they were dealing with or what they have dealt with before. And they was and they said they had went to the individual and they made a statement about uh, about some things and they didn't respond the way that they wanted them to. And, and so uh, it made them feel a certain way. You cannot control what other people do. And I think we've all may have been there. We all may have experienced that. And so that individual is not alone. And, you know, where you want someone to respond a certain way and they don't. You can't control them. What you can control is yourself. What you can control is yourself. What never sleeps is always working. What is something that, that never stops moving? That's two different questions. Looking for an answer. You have dominion over yourself. You know, we have a, a cliche that people like to quote. I heard somebody recently over the, um, on some YouTube channel uh, say, you know, you got six months to, to 
clean your door in six months and leave mine alone, you know, and, the, and all of that kind of stuff. You know, we got a lot of cliches, but cliches don't save you. That, that doesn't mean that, that there's not some truth to it. But cliches don't say you, the word of God does. And, and the way the word of God saves you is that you apply it to your life. You live by it. Ezekiel said, those that live by his statue shall live in them. And so there's a lot of people that are making claims about what God is saying and what God owes them and what they're going to receive of the Lord. However, they are not living anything to what God is saying. You've got this. You've got control of this. And so um, every day is an everyday task. And it is, it, is a, it is within your power to control yourself. Anything that has taken control of you is because you allow it. Control of your will is, is demon possession. And God doesn't take control of our will. Nope. He said, whosoever will, let him come. God doesn't take control of any male or a woman, and uh, we all have to yield. Matter of fact, those that are saved, those that do have the Holy Ghost, and go off speaking in tongues and, and disrupting the service, and maybe not intentionally, but, you know, there's, there's no one else. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is not moving in that way. And you know, or, or maybe you have a song that you just got to sing and we're running out of time. I remember telling a gentleman uh, that we're running out of time. We wanted to get our guest speaker up and he left the from standing in front of the stage and walked all the way down the aisle because I had got to the point where I was ready to stop. Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, you had taken it to a level uh, because you wanted to be a superstar. And we needed to get the speaker up. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, once once I have initially said, hey, we cannot go in, until long, you can't go until long uh, session, you know, please be considerate of that. And you ignore me. That was not the spirit of the Lord moving. That was flesh in, on parade. The Bible tells us in Romans 6, 13 through 16, said, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Well, for someone that, that may have a question mark, the Bible said the, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So it, things are subject to us. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. See, you got this. Money never sleeps. That's right. What never stops moving. Sin does not have to have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now, be mindful also that, because many would like to say, well, you know, the Old Testament is dead. The Old Testament doesn't, doesn't have the power that the New Testament has. Where do you think they were preaching their message from? Where do you think they understood the word of God from? They preached Jesus Christ 
the Messiah from the Old Testament. They preach grace and mercy from the Old Testament. They, they preached the word of God and the revelation that God gave. That was all from them receiving it from their studies of the Torah and the, uh, the prophets. And, and, you know, it was from mighty God. You get what I'm saying? What then shall we sin? Because we're not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servant to obey, his servant ye are to whom ye obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Thank you. Money never sleeps and time does not stop moving. And you might take a break, but that clock keeps ticking. The sun keeps moving. You know, nothing changes because you decided to take a break. And so it's important that, that we govern, you know, we like to say govern the time. Really, we need to govern ourselves and, and you can do it because you got this. Genesis 2 says, and the Lord took the man, 15 verse, and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. The earth was completed, but something was not there. Something was not in action. A piece of the puzzle was, was not on the table. You, you ever put together a puzzle or maybe you watch someone put together a puzzle and there was that, that uh, piece or two that was not there. And so you have this whole uh, vision of an image there, uh, but there's a couple of pieces that are missing. Verse five said, God had not caused it to rain and there was not a man to till the ground. God planned included you and I with a specific thought in mind. God's plan. Now it doesn't matter if it was, if, if you and I arrived because we all came through uh, some, uh, some mischievous means and others came through uh, plan, um, you know, and others came by force. And so, uh, but nonetheless, we are here. And it's not an accident. Maybe the parents thought it was an accident. Maybe they, because they had not planned, they were just having some fun. Uh, they were enjoying what God intended them to enjoy, but, but not at the right time. But it happened and here we are. God's plan included you. He knew the day would come that you would exist. Bless you, Jesus. He knew that the things that we would struggle with, the things that we would deal with, but here and here we are, you got this. You got this because he had a specific thought in mind. And I love the fact that the day came that, uh, that it don't matter how high you were, how drunk you were, how disorientated you was, what you may have swallowed, uh, what you were overcoming at that moment, the hangle, all of that kind of stuff. If that was you, or maybe you were just operating um, under the, the license of stupidity, I don't know. Or maybe you thought that you were so righteous and, and that you understood it all and you had it all together. Uh, but deep down inside, you knew that you were falling apart and everything that you were doing was a cover up Staying occupied, there's nothing wrong with staying occupied, nothing wrong with education. But deep down inside, you knew and understand that there was more. God had a plan. 
and he still has a plan for each of us. Man has been formed, but he was lifeless. So here it is, God has taken from the dust of the ground, the Lord has uh, created this man, and this man is just uh, uh, just uh, dirt formed. And, you know, maybe you've been at the beach and you've seen people uh, form, make a form out of wet sand. Well, that's no different than what uh, God had did with Adam. Adam was just laying there. He was just there. He was, it, that body, that pile of dirt was just existing. There was no soul, no spirit, no conscious awareness uh, at all. There was nothing. Adam was not laying on the ground looking up at the Lord and, and hoping for anything. He couldn't because he was not alive. He was just as dead as, as anyone else that does not have soul or spirit. The Lord positioned the man with his purpose uh, and placed him in the Garden of Eden with a specific thing in mind, and that was to dress it to keep it. And so once Adam became a living soul, the Lord blew into his nostrils and man became a living soul. Did he receive blood at that time? I'm not going to answer that right now. We know that we need blood. Life is in the blood. The Bible is clear about that. And it talks about not to eat bloody meat and different things that people um, we see them in the movies doing some, maybe not in the movies are doing it, but, uh, but blood carries a number of things. And in our day and time, we know that it's full of, uh, there are a lot of infection, a lot of disease that are, but it's in the, it's in the blood and it started somewhere. Adam became a living soul and he was placed in the garden of Eden to dress it. And to keep it, what was he, what, Adam, what was your job? To protect, to sustain it, to oversee it. So Adam was the uh, first overseer, you know, uh, uh, overseer in, in some organizations could be bishop, uh, it could be district elder, it could be a number of things that have been uh, where man has taken this thing and chopped it up into and what satisfies them for their hierarchy and their control. But I want you to understand something that God's intent, you got this. For his purpose, you've got this. Now, I don't recall either of, of my parents giving me this memo. And I don't know if yours did either, but uh, as of July, 19th, here we are, 2022, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 2 and 5, it says, Oh, house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. And so here we are, that when we come to a particular knowledge of truth, that we're supposed to walk in that. Uh, we're supposed to walk in the light as he is light. And so, O house of Jacob, church, children of Israel, child of God, come you, come 
and let us walk in the light of the Lord. We are enlightened by the word of God and God's purpose. You, you got this. And so because you got this, you can walk in his life. What you did not do yesterday, what you did not do up to this moment is not as relevant as what you do moving forward. In order for you to dress it and to keep it, you must become familiar with it. We have to become familiar with what God wants of us, just like we become familiar with our school lessons just like we become familiar with our work. We become familiar with whatever vocation that we're involved in. We've, be, we've, we've learned to uh, master it. We've learned to manipulate the time. We learn uh, what we can say and what we cannot say, what we, what we can go and when we cannot go. What we need to, in order to dress it, the garden, to dress whatever God has for us and to keep it, we must become just as familiar with it. This is why it is so important uh, to get into the word of God. It is so important uh, that we spend time with God. And it's important that the ministers themselves uh, spend time. The Bible tells us that we should be uh, eating uh, from the lips of God. And you, I believe you find that in Malachi. And so then it's the responsibility of the minister to then regurgitate what God has given but you can't regurgitate if you haven't eaten yourself. If you've not been fed, how are you going? How are you going to uh, provide milk uh, to those that need milk, or, or 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 provide steak and potatoes to those that need steak and potatoes? The Lord delivered. No, no, no. Excuse me. So it takes us becoming familiar with it. It takes us beyond lip service. Lip service is dangerous. Uh, the Bible said that they sat down and eaten and they rose up to play. And the Lord said in one other place that uh, that these people serve me. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You want your heart to be next to God. because Why? Because you got this. You got this. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew's uh, beginning at the, in the sixth chapter, about the fifth verse, it said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you that they have their reward. You're going to get your reward for showing off, for allowing the flesh to be on parade. There's a reward for that, but it's not from God. They'll, they'll get their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into your closet. Uh, and when thou shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. And you don't have to tell nobody that's what you prayed about. Just go to God. Go to him. The Lord know how to reveal what you do in secret. Remember, he, the scripture plainly says that he seeth in secret and he will reward thee openly. Now, our responsibility, hallelujah, is to walk with that expectation. It's an insult unto the Lord when we uh, don't, have any type of expectation of our God. He's our, he's sovereign. He's God. He's our, he's your Lord and savior. And, and you know, he has a testimony. He's got this. He's never lost a battle. He, he's never lost a war or anything. And, and so uh, we should walk with that expectation. Lord, I know you're going to do this. It may not seem like it from time to time. 
it may not look because we look for certain manifestations to occur and those things don't happen. You know, uh, we, we put it on a, on a timeline that we need it to happen by this time. And the Lord is not working with, with our watch. He's not working with your Apple watch and your Android watch and all of that. He's working off of his time. And, and so, but he said, I'll reward you openly. You know, sometimes we want to do it now, Lord, you know, and, but he said he'll, he said he'll take care of it. Our responsibility with that expectation is, Lord, I know you'll take care of it. I, I know you will. I know you will. You, you got this. And, and, and as of this moment, I've got this too. I'm going to maintain my, my integrity. I'm going to maintain myself in a way that says, I know that you've got this. Now, the Lord delivered to Adam's care his personal goods, just as he has delivered to each of us his personal goods. He's entrusted you. Think about it. God has entrusted you. The Bible said that we that daily we receive benefits of the Lord. And so he has entrusted something into our care today. And, uh, you know, we need to think about when, when we rise up, no matter how we feel, uh, because, you know, sometimes we wake up feeling a certain kind of way, you know, before we even hit the floor and start moving. Remind yourself, he has entrusted something to you. I've got this. You've got this. Okay. You've got this. He's entrusted some goods to you just like he did with Adam. Luke, the, the, the gospel of Luke records this parable. And he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to give for himself a kingdom, to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. What are we gonna do? We're going to occupy till he come. And so in order to do that, you've got to walk with the confidence that I've got this. But his citizens hated him and people that they're people that that uh, that did not acknowledge the Lord when they got up. They didn't think about the benefits or they were very selfish with the benefits that they received. And as they went through the day, the, you know, instead of drinking a cup of coffee, uh, some Starbucks or Seattle Best is what I like. Uh, they drunk a cup of haterade. And so uh, there were certain citizens that hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, uh, then he commanded those servants to be called unto him of whom he had given the money. He gave them of his personal possession that he might know how much every man gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound have gained 10 pounds. You, you gave me a, a pound and I, I flipped it and now it has 10 pounds. You entrusted me with this. And you know, I'm sure he was feeling good about himself because he was doing uh, what, was, what he felt was expected of him. And within his heart, he said, I got this, I got this. You know, and he said unto him, well, uh, thou good servant, because thou has been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound have gained five. I didn't get 10, but I got five. I, I, I have had. 
you have more than what you had today. And he said, likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here's thy pound. Here's, the, here's what you've given me. And I've kept it laid up in a napkin. I, I hid it. I wrapped it up. I was afraid that if I tried to invest this pound that you gave me, uh, that someone may have laughed at me. Uh, they may not have understood what I was trying to do. Uh, you know, I didn't feel adequate. I didn't feel like I had this. And, and so I sat down on it. That was not a good scenario for him. The others went forward. I got this. Man, you know what, Matt? He gave me, he entrusted me with this. What can I do to show my gratitude for what he has entrusted me with? The 16th verse says, and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou should mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, uh, thou shall not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now there's trees all over the garden. Uh, you, can, you, you have freedom to eat whatever you want. Matter of fact, I recommend that tree over there. Look at that one. Look at this one here. How this is excellent fruit right here. You can imagine God pointing out and giving him information you can that he could enjoy life in that moment. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're not ready for that. You don't need that. Don't touch that. Because when you put your hands on that, when you when, when you eat that, when you ingest that, you're going to die. It's going to do something to you. There are some things, a lot, a lot of things you can do. But there is some things you should not do. Now, there's a lyric to a song that, that talks about, you know, why is the good stuff forbidden? Why, why is the good stuff forbidden? Everybody partying and listening to uh, uh, listening to the song, and you know, and and, and listen to uh, Cardi B and all that stuff and those lyrics. And um, listen, the good stuff is is not forbidden, and the the consequences of you doing something that seems fun, bread even secret is sweet. It's when you are found out the game the game is is fun the game is enjoyable until you get caught when you get caught you know there used to be a show called cheaters people's fine until they get caught you know uh some can tell you that they uh that they wish they had not done it because they lost everything. I remember talking with uh, with someone and they said, you know, I never thought what I did was gonna end up uh, in divorce court. And, and in my mind, I slapped my head and said, you know, how could you not think that? You already know uh, the relationship that you was in. Well, that's not the only thing. You know that driving, drunk driving is going to could wind up killing somebody or or yourself, you know that going, you know, our behavior, 
behavior. You know, you can think of a number of behaviors of things that you may have done that the Lord saved you from, as well as things that you know others are still doing and the end result of it. They may not die physically, but they've lost a part of themselves into that thing. Adam did not die physically, but he was separated from God. Now, over the past week, I, I was I was down. I was not well. Um, you know, and everybody was asking, well, do you, do you have COVID? And, you know, did you go out and get tested and all of that? My concern was not that. My concern was not, is not heart attack. My concern is not stroke or anything. I'm not saying I'm welcoming any of that. <laughs> you know, I do like hitting the gym. I, I do stay physical. My concern is leaving here and being separated from God. That's the concern. People are leaving here from a number of, and for different reasons. And some is just that it's time. And because it's time, then they go and they stand in the presence of the Lord to give an account for everything that was done within that body. Well, if you walk with the frame of mind that I've got this, Lord, you've given me dominion over this body. And therefore, I don't have to allow this body to be subject to sin. Then you don't have nothing to worry about. You don't have nothing to fear. But when you walk as if you don't have control and dominion over the thing that God has entrusted you with, then you'll be like that servant that took the talent and hid it in a napkin and sat on it and had excuses why he did not. Excuses don't help. There's never helped any of us. Matter of fact, uh, there's a saying that honesty is the best policy. And, and so just keep yourself honest. You can do that. We all can do that. And never for, allow someone to force you into giving an answer for something that you don't understand. Let them know that I cannot answer that right now because I need more clarity. Don't let no one push you into saying something that you know is not true. It's better to walk and say, I'll talk to you later about it. Let's not engage in this right now because I'm going to be a person of integrity. I got this. God entrusted me with his word. He entrusted me with his spirit. He entrusted me with uh, with the, the souls of men. He has placed a, a treasure in this earthen vessel. And so because he's done that, I value that more than anything else. If you value and by this time, you should have a better understanding of what value means and the importance of to have tenacity in doing what's right, integrity about oneself. Life here and now is important. Surely uh, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm not just saying that. You're not just saying it. We're not just claiming that because it, it sounds good, you know, and we want to know. We're saying it because we are, because we got this. And because we've got this, grace and mercy will follow us all the days of my life. Now, it's important to understand that grace and mercy follows you in this life. It follows you in this life. It does not follow you in death. Grace, goodness, and mercy 
exist here for you right now. Now, goodness is what leads us to repentance. Mercy is what God extends to us when we come to him and ask for that forgiveness of sin. And so it's something that exists now. The Bible says that some men's sins go before them. And, and, and I'm rejoicing in that, and, and you should too. That things that right now you're you're dealing with life and, you, and you're bringing things into subjection, every every high thought and everything that would exalt itself against God, you're bringing it into subjection right now and you're bringing it into obedience of the word of God right now. When we enter in on that side, Holy Ghost, it's not going to be a struggle to, to obey God because we're already in that frame right now. We've got this. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me. That's what I'm going to do for him. A help me. Mm -hmm. The Lord is saying, I got this. I, I got this. I'm going to make him a help me. And so God's observation says it is, it is, it is not good for a person to be alone. None of us can live in a lone state. I was watching uh, some episodes or a season of the show alone where they take them, drop them off in a um, faraway place near Alaska, you know, and give them a bow and arrow, a knife or a couple of tools. I think they're able to select certain tools that they want. They got to build their own shelter. They're pretty much back in the, in the, in the um, I don't know what days you would call it. I, I don't want to say the Wild West, but they're pretty much living off the land and they're alone. There's no electronic devices besides what's recording them uh, so that they're monitored. And all of them talk about the loneliness and the missing of others. You know, we're not meant to be alone. And for those that say, well, you know, I've heard people say, I don't need nobody but Jesus. That's not what God said. So that statement is incorrect. Uh, that's pretty much you trying to psych yourself up. Uh, you know, let me leave that alone. All right, listen, listen here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. All right. Let's go on. <laughs> it's not good for a person to be alone. No one else was present for Adam to properly relate to him. Relationship, relate to him. God was there, but he uh, was designed with a specific purpose in mind uh, to uh, fully carry out God's will means to have some help, means to have some help. God's intention have some help. So contrary to what some believe and claim, I don't need anyone, it's just not real. Uh, not saying you have to run out and get married or anything like, especially without a good marital counsel counselor for my daughters and you know and I have my natural daughters I have goddaughters I have uh, godsons and uh, those that, that are mentoring and, and following the ministry you know I want to recommend a very good marital marital counselor and, and that is your father if available and, and me so it's important that in relationship now this is not old school this is really common sense you meet someone you should want to meet their family 
you should want to understand the dynamics of their family and they should want to understand the dynamics of your family because you you was raised in that home with that with those people or person and there are going to be some characteristics that are displayed uh, you know uh when things are good and there are going to be some characteristics displayed when things are not so good and you need to understand those things now so that you can make a well-formed decision that if that is what you want to spend the rest of your life with. It's good, gentlemen, it's good to spend time with that, that, that father of that individual as well as with the mom. Let them get to know you. You're not uh, creating a situation where you're vulnerable. You're, oh, bless your Lord Jesus. You're going to create some and encourage some unity and, and strength. Ladies, your Prince Charming should be able to sit down with your mom or dad and, you know, both regularly and allow them to know him. And so uh, all of this stuff of, I don't want you to know my parents. I don't want you, you know, that's a problem. That's a problem. And it was not intended to be that way. Yes, the word of God says that, that, uh, that, that men marry and, and, forsake the not forsake but leave the home of the, the father in other words you don't take your bride home to your dad's house or to your mama so let's go on here anyway the, the 90th verse and out of the ground the lord god formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them into adam brought them unto adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever he called them adam called every living creature that was the name of it so there was intelligence. When God blew into the nostrils of Adam, man became living. So there was intelligence that was blown in. And God did not tell Adam, look, you called it an elephant, change the name to a rhinoceros. Whatever Adam called it, pterodactyl, whatever Adam called it, it, that name stuck. It stayed there. God didn't tell him to change it. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help me. And I'm just going to say yet. I'm just going to say yet because we, we know what happens next and that. But, you know, you've got this. God has given us dominion. And it's not stressed enough to understand that you have this. You have to stop and think. We we love entertaining doubt. I don't know why we have such a, why we use doubt as such a pacifier. Uh, put that pacifier down. Pick this bottle of formula up that says, you got this. That's the brand on it. You got this. You know, and so, and begin nursing on that. God bless you. Thank you for, for listening and my prayer is that that is that you are blessed by what you hear. Certainly thank God for each of you that have joined in. Let's continue to pray for one another uh, and pray that the souls are saved. There's nothing more important than souls being saved and you drawn closer unto the Lord. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. Continue to pray for me, Pastor Carl Anderson. Whatever I need to do